challenges that folks have experienced, a lot of sickness, people have become ill, they've lost family members, some due to COVID or some of the results and effects of COVID, folks have lost their job, folks have in some cases lost their income, and there's been no doubt a lot of a lot of challenges that folks have experienced that we could not have imagined or predicted. We do not know what the future holds. I know that generally around the first of the year, folks write down a list of New Year's resolutions, but oftentimes there may be unreasonable expectations or we look at our own shortcomings and we realize that when we look back upon them that very rarely do we fulfill the uh, resolutions that maybe we've attempted to make. Although it's good to uh, make efforts and have new beginnings as well. Um, I don't typically, and this is probably just one of my many shortfalls, I don't typically uh, put a title on a sermon. Um, if you choose to do that, you can pick what the titles are. But this one might go something like this. Don't jump ship and stay on board and hold on tight. That's the lesson that Jesus Christ delivered to not only the disciples that were with him, but to everybody that was on the ship. We'll look at two different examples and we'll learn from it some lessons that I think would be helpful for us 
today. Acts chapter 27. First of all, Paul, and it says, and those that were with him were prisoners that were on that were going to be on this particular ship as you go on down into the chapter. But Paul admonished, first of all, he admonished the ship captain, the master of the ship, not to sail at the time that they had appointed. He said, if you sail, there's going to be some troubles There may even be loss of life. There's going to be a storm. And he says, I recommend that you stay exactly where you are. But as we look at it and see, the ship captain thought that he knew more about the weather and the waves than what Paul did. And so everybody, the the ship captain... And the folks that were helping to direct the ship wanted to follow the shipmaster's advice as opposed to Paul's advice. And so when they end up in this storm, Paul reminds them, he basically says, if you had listened to what I said, you might not be in this scenario because I told you what it was going to be like. Now, I think the first lesson that we can learn from that is simply this, that God oftentimes puts people in our lives to give us counsel and advice that will help us and direct us and sometimes spare us along the way. But we've got to listen to what they say. God gives children the blessing of having parents. And when children listen to the parents, It's for their good. And it doesn't end when the children reach 18 years of age. My mother still gives me great advice. And and when I follow the advice that my mother gives me, it's just almost always the right advice to take. Sometimes I may not follow it. And then I look back and I think back and I think, you know, God put that on her heart. To give me that advice, to give me that counsel, and yet I chose to not take heed to it. Well, that's what happened right here. As they were about to board the ship, the shipmaster says, everything will be fine. Let's go ahead and take the journey that Paul was warning them not to take. He says, if you take the journey, it's going to be a tough journey. It's going to be a hard journey. And there might even be some lives that are lost as a result of it. So if you want to go to, uh, or you can go home and read Acts chapter 27. All of it is, is really, really, really good. It says, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those words. Verse 11. Here's Paul saying, and, and, and he said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and will be with much damage. And he says, not only of the lading and the ship, but also of our lives. That's, that's the, that is the report that Paul gives those that were uh, in, in, in his presence there. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. 
And it says that they uh, convinced those that uh, it would be a smooth journey. And it says when they, when they boarded the ship, it says when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, it says loosing dents, they sailed close by Crete. So it says that they boarded the ship for their journey and they thought they'd made the right decision because when they boarded the ship, the first part of the sailing began to be smooth sailing. And, you know, sometimes we justify our decision in life or decisions based on whether it's smooth sailing for us. But we'll see that it didn't stay like that and they didn't continue to have smooth sailing. It says the wind blew softly. They supposedly had obtained their purpose and they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose a tempest, a very tempestuous wind. And it says, and when the ship was caught, they could not bear up the wind it says they could not bear up into the wind. We let her drive. And it, it, it basically begins to be a terrible, tempestuous storm. Now, first of all, God is in charge of the weather. Heard someone say recently that they really wanted to be and they were going to apply for the job of a weatherman because they said that's the only job that you can be wrong over half the time and still keep your job. Well, God is the one that's actually making that determination. I've heard folks say, well, God puts things in place that and then weather just happens as a result of it. Well, who is it that? Put it in place. If there are things that are in place, it was God that did that. But God has this earth in his hand. He has the heavens in his hand and he has all things in between in his hand as well. And so God, whether he allows or chooses, God's in charge of the weather. So this weather wasn't a surprise to God. Either God allowed the storm to occur or God instructed the storm to occur. But the storm was not a surprise to God. Well, God's not only in charge of the weather, but God, it tells us in, in the last chapter of Matthew that Jesus Christ doesn't, it doesn't say he has some power, but it says he has all power. So not only is God in charge of the weather, but God oversees and overrules and can intervene at any point in time in all events of our life. What we are experiencing in 2021 and 2022 is not a surprise to God. It's not. God knows exactly. God knows exactly what our challenges are. God knows exactly what the, the challenges are in our life. God knows exactly what the challenges are in the churches in our nation, in our land. And so it's not a surprise to God what we're experiencing. So let's look at what he says right here. It says, uh, they, verse 17, and when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing that they should fall into quicksands. It says they, they were having a hard time even directing the ship. It says, and we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, 
The next day they lightened the, the wares of the ship. It says they did that two days in a row. This, this storm took about, I think, 14 days that they were in. And it says, and when neither the sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us. It basically means that the storm was massive. The storm was heavy and we were in the ship. We couldn't tell if it's day or night. It, it, we couldn't see the stars. We couldn't see the, the sun. It says that in, in the midst of the storm as we were in it and it just continued on and on. He, the, he says, Paul says, and all hope that we would be saved was taken away. They were in a hopeless situation. All hope was taken away. When he says all hope that we should be saved. First of all, he's not talking about right there saved eternally speaking. We know that Jesus Christ died for us and paid the price for our sins and we are saved eternally. But what they were talking about right there was they needed deliverance right then and there. They felt like that they were in danger of their life being taken. All hope had been taken away and they needed to be saved from that current situation that they were in. So when he's talking about this right here, we realize that it's, it's situations that we find ourselves in in this day and time in which we live. So Paul says that all hope that we should be saved was taken away. That's a pretty dark place to find ourselves in. That all hope is taken away. Did you know that that is clearly one of Satan's attacks? Is to make us think that things are hopeless. It, now, maybe it doesn't affect you like it does me, but I tell you, if you listen to the news very much, it sure seems like it's pretty hopeless. Maybe you've got a station that I haven't found yet, but uh, any that I've discovered, it, it just seems pretty dark, pretty bleak, and like it might get even darker. Well, it might, but you know what? It might not, because God is the one that is in control. And these folks that maybe think that they're in charge, it's amazing how quick that the Lord can change the course of direction. These folks felt like it was hopeless. They said, we can't stabilize the ship in the midst of the storm. We try our best. We toss the wares overboard. We toss the goods overboard. We try to lighten the ship. We try to stabilize the ship. And we use our best efforts. And we find that we can't, we can't secure it. And it looks like that all hope is lost. Well, Paul has a vision at this time. It says that it was an angel of God that gave Paul this Insight or this vision. I'm going on down just a little bit right here. It says, There stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and who, whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God, and lo, uh, God hath given thee all them. 
that sail with thee. So the message that the angel delivered to Paul was, is that Paul, you don't need to fear. Now, that's one of the that's one of the tactics that's very it's very popular today. It's a very popular approach to put fear and motivate by fear. And no doubt, very likely, Paul himself may have experienced some fear on this ship because he already had insight that there was going to be a storm that was brewing and that it was going to be a difficult time. But here the angel of the Lord comes to Paul and he says, in the midst of the storm. Now, now keep in mind that these lessons that were learned right here were learned. These instructions that were given were when they were in the midst of the storm. It wasn't necessarily before the storm and it wasn't after the storm, but it was in the midst of the storm. And sometimes God allows us to go through the midst of the storm or the challenges to learn some things. And so the angel comes to Paul and he says, Paul, and they're in the midst of this storm. He says, Paul, uh, don't fear because you're going to be uh, taking a trip and you're going to be put in the presence of Caesar. And he says, and everybody that's with you is going to be spared. I don't know about you, but I expect you've had seasons in your life where you had a close experience with the Lord and it was so profound, you may have felt like the Lord was speaking to you. Maybe he didn't audibly speak to you, but maybe it was through a series of events or or bringing things together in such a profound way that you knew whether anybody else knew or not. It didn't matter to you that you had to convince somebody because you knew whether anybody else knew it or not that God had blessed you with a really special season of fellowship and you were convinced about that. And that's what happened right here. It didn't matter what these other folks thought about uh, this experience, but Paul himself knew that the angel had spoken to him and he said, you're going to be in the presence of Caesar and the people that are on the ship are going to be there as well. So this is what Paul took this to mean. Backing up, Paul says this. Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me. Paul says, you should have listened to what I said. You ever had anybody tell you that? You ever told your children that? You should have listened to what mom or dad said. Says, sir, you should have hearkened unto me and you shouldn't have left in the first place. You shouldn't have left from Crete to have gained this harm and this loss. But here's here's what he says. Paul says, and now I exhort you. Now, keep in mind, here's a group of people that are being tossed about in the sea that they have no encouragement. They don't have any hope that they're going to be delivered. They don't have any hope that things are going to be better. And here Paul comes on the scene with a message. Here's what he says. Paul says to him, and I exhort you. Now, this is strange that Paul, they probably thought at first. It, it, is, is this man in his right mind? 
I mean, here we are about to lose our life, and here this man comes on with a message that's so different than what the shipmaster has. It's so different than what everybody else says or talks about. It's, it's completely different. And did you know that if, 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 if we take heed to God's messages, it's going to be a different message than what the world has. The world has a pretty discouraging message oftentimes. But God's message is different from that. And so here's what Paul says in the midst of it. Paul says, I want to encourage you. I want to exhort you. I want to encourage you to be of good cheer. And they may be saying, Paul, we're in the midst of a storm. How can we be of good cheer? And look what Paul says. He says, I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall not be any, uh, not uh, no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. And basically what he's saying right here is that the angel delivered a message to Paul that Paul, you're going to be going to Caesar. It's just as sure as it can be. So you don't have to worry about your life. You may be going through a hard time. You may be going through the storm. It may become difficult. The waves may overflow you, but ultimately you're going to Caesar and all of those that are on the ship with you, they'll be spared as well, but they have to stay on board. They've got to stay on board. And Paul tells them that twice. He says it again um, in verse 31. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers. Now this time they listened to him. Isn't it amazing how when we don't listen to the wise godly counsel and then we take our own journey, then all of a sudden we're ready to listen. That's exactly what happened right here. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, he said, except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Now he's not talking about eternally speaking right here, but he's talking about those that wanted to jump ship. Now, they had the, on the big, massive ship, they had the little bitty boats around the ship, around the outside of the ship. And so if the boat began to sink, they could jump into those little boats and at least be spared, they thought. They were so convinced of what Paul was telling them right here, the importance of staying on the ship. That what they did is they cut the ropes that were holding those little boats on the side of the ship because they didn't want anybody to be enticed or influenced to jump ship. When they listened to Paul the second time, they understood the message that Paul gave them. He said, you've got to stay on board if you're going to be delivered. I've already been given the message. In fact, he goes on down to say... See if I can find it right here. It, it, he goes on down to say, he says um, that not even uh, the hair on their head right here. Verse 34, where I pray, I pray you to take some meat for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. I mean, that's 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 Paul making a pretty profound statement to them right there. You mean, Paul, that we're not going to lose our life you mean we're going to be spared we're going to be delivered 
there's some old songs and there's some old preachers that used to refer to the church being the old ship of Zion. You may have heard or sung some songs. There's some sacred harp songs that, that, that highlight the church as being the old ship of Zion. In the day in which we're living, I mean, all of us would really welcome, I don't know about you, but I sure would, we'd welcome some smooth sailing. We'd welcome some waters that are smooth, that are not troubled. If that's your experience right now, thank the Lord that it is. But it's not the way it is throughout all of our life. We can almost be assured that the waters are not always going to be smooth. Sometimes the waves are just a little ripple. Just a little bit troubling. Make us a little bit unsettled. And sometimes the waves get a little bit bigger. Sometimes they beat up against the ship and it just rocks the boat just a little bit. And sometimes those waves are overwhelming. And they come and bash the side, beat the boat around, and even come over the boat. That's the way life is. That's the way it happens. Once in a while, we have those seasons of smooth waters, and we rejoice and delight in that. Things are going well in our families. Things are going well in our jobs. Our health is good. Things are really going smooth, and we get so excited, and we think that's the way it's going to be all the time. And then all of a sudden, some of those troubled waters come our way. I don't know about you. But sometimes I've wanted to jump ship. But you know what? Where are we going to go? Really? Where else are we going to go? Jesus Christ told the disciples right here, he says, you stay on the ship. No matter what the storm is like. No matter about the waves, because I'm going to be with you. I'm going to see you through. I'm going to spare you and I'm going to deliver you. And so Paul takes that message that was given to him. And Paul comes to a group of frightened, scared, troubled, overwhelmed individuals. And Paul comes up and he says, be of good cheer. You know what? I really do think. I really think. That ought to be the role of the gospel minister. That in the midst of all these troubled times that we're in right now, that we ought to have a message from God's word that we can come to God's people who get so tossed about throughout the week, so troubled, so overwhelmed, so discouraged. And when they come to the house of the Lord, when they come to the ship of Zion, we ought to be able to declare, be of good cheer. And the reason we can do that is because Jesus Christ himself says that I have overcome the world. We just need to be reminded of that.
All we really need are to be reminded of the promises of God in God's word. And it's amazing what a difference it makes to be reminded of the promises of God. If you, I don't know if you get a chance to hear Brother Bradley. It was a great message this morning. Great message. So fitting, so appropriate. It is so encouraging. A great and wonderful message. I'll never forget the time that Brother Cook called me. Brother Robert Cook called me and he said, my dad is near the end of his journey. And he said, could you come see him? And went to the hospital and he had several of his sons gathered around the hospital bed. And Brother Maurice Cook had been a blessing to us here at Mount Carmel. And he was... He was basically uh, not, he was very near the end. And Brother Maurice Cook said to me, I could just barely hear him above a whisper. And, and when I went to the bedside, he said to me, I actually had to have Brother Cook interpret some of it. He said, Brother Cook had been so strong. I remember his baptism up at Deer Creek off of Route 136 and what a special day that was. His example of picking people up and bringing them to church in his old age. And what a blessing and encouragement that he was. And Brother Cook, just with the, uh, just above a whisper, he said, Do you think that God has forgotten about me? He was going through a rough time. He was going through a difficult time. And I said, Brother Cook... I delighted to tell him some of God's promises. I said, God can't forget about you. God doesn't want to forget about you, but God can't forget about you because he's got you in the palm of his hand. And when he looks down, you're right there. I said, God has told you that he's not going to ever leave you or forsake you. And we're told that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and there's no way that God can forget you. And he said, oh, that's so good to hear. Sometimes we just need to be reminded. We need to have somebody come to us like Paul and say, in the midst of what you're dealing with, you be of good cheer because I've overcome the world and I'm going to see you through Well, they were delivered by staying on board the ship. And did you know that if the church is symbolic of the ship or the ship symbolic of the church, we got to stay on board. There's some real blessings that God gives his people by staying on board, by not jumping ship few blessings that, that I'll share with you that I've, that I've wrote down. First of all, when you stay on board, as we saw the Apostle Paul encourage those folks, we can be encouraged by one another. I tell you, every time I come and I told Brother Tom today, I said, I'm not sure. It's just Brother Tom and I this morning. And I said, I'm not sure if we'll have very many this morning, but, but I guarantee you, Brother and Sister Farrington will be here. And sure enough, I'm glad that they proved me right on that. What a blessing. That's an encouragement to me. You have, by ministering to other people, you are a blessing to others. And so in the ship of Zion, in the Lord's church, you can be used by God to be a blessing to one another. 
And what a great blessing and encouragement that is. We can receive encouragement from one another. We receive encouragement in the Lord's church through his word. We receive, uh, hopefully, encouragement through his ministers. We can also, in the Lord's church, in the old ship of Zion, we can find out what the right path is for us to take. I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of different uh, paths that you can take. I want to know the clearest path, the right path, the path that's going to honor the Lord the most, the path that is going to give glory to God. And in the Lord's house, in his church, we can find a clear path uh, for our lives as well. In the Lord's church, he set it up this way. He set it up where we don't have to send our children off to be taught the right way to behave in church, the right way to take care of their husbands and their wives. God says he blesses us with older women to teach the younger women. My grandparents taught me so many wonderful examples and blessings in the church. There's a there's a term that's in God's word that my grandmother used to use a lot. I, I don't know what she I don't, she I'm sure got it out of the Bible, but it talks about how to behave in the house of the Lord. And I can remember being four years old and my grandmother would talk to me about how that when I went to the Lord's house, I needed to behave in the house of the Lord. God gives us older folks to teach younger people in the house of the Lord. We just had the blessing of of uh, of celebrating the life of Sister Rebecca Davis. And one of the great blessings that we received in the service of Sister Rebecca was all the different people that talked about how God had used her to touch their lives. How that their lives were different because of Catherine, your great your grandmother. How it touched all the lives of different ones. And, and what a blessing. That's how God has designed the church. He's blessed us all to come together to encourage one another. We can be encouraged by the, the songs that we sing. I, I ran across a, a cassette tape. I've got a whole bunch of them, but I ran across a cassette tape. I don't know if you know what a cassette tape is, but it's the type that you can. I like it because I'm in control of where you can stop it and start it and all this. But it was of a, of a singing that was done in 1985 out in West Texas. And I just enjoyed hearing those songs and I enjoyed those old brothers and sisters that uh, were singing and the old ministers that were leading. And as I listened to those songs, I realized that most of the songs that they were singing about, they were singing about heaven. Almost every song that they were singing and they were singing with such zeal and enthusiasm that honestly, by the time I listened to the cassette tape, I was about ready to go to heaven. It was, you could just sense the presence of the Lord there. So in the Lord's church, the old ship of Zion, you're going to get a whole lot of encouragement. And boy, in the day in which we live, that's so much needed. It is. So there's one more example that we'll look at in Matthew chapter 14. And this is the one where, uh, again, a group of disciples were in the ship and um, the storm came. And it's talking about Jesus instructing his disciples, his followers. And says straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. 
Now, don't you think when Jesus was instructing the disciples to get in the ship that he knew whether it was going to be smooth sailing or not? And when he had sent up the multitude away, he went up into a mountain to pray. And when it, when it was evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. So one of the things that we need to be reminded, keep it there in the middle of the ship. The disciples are in the ship. The waves were coming. The storm was coming. They were affected by those waves that were right around the boat, right around the ship. They were affected by that, directly affected by that. But then Jesus Christ manifests his presence to them. And Christ is standing on the water. Christ in the midst of them. And we need to be reminded that no matter what's going on around us, that Christ is over it. And that Christ is in control. Look what he says. And when he saw, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and said, Is it a spirit? And they cried out for fear. Uh, it, we can't fault them for having fear. I mean, I don't know about you, but fear creeps into my life throughout the week. And we can't fault the disciples when they have fear. But the message of Christ in every case is always a message of encouragement. And so here's what he says. But straightway, they thought maybe it's a spirit. They were afraid. Uh, says straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. He says, it is I and be not afraid. I, I tell you, in the midst, if there was ever a message that's for God's people in, in the day in which we live, it's starting out in 2022. We don't know what lies ahead. It may be smooth sailing. It may be big waves. It may be somewhere in between. But if we can hold on to the message that we can be of good cheer, because he says, he says, be not afraid, be of good cheer, because he says, it is I. I'm here in the midst. I'm here in your presence. I am here with you even in the midst of the storm. I'm right there with you. And did you know that no matter what we're going to face, whether it's this coming year or the years ahead, I hope this is not a discouraging message. I, I don't want you to think, I don't want it to be doom and gloom. I want it to be encouraging. I want you to know that, that no matter what happens, no matter what fiery dart Satan tosses our way, that we can be of good cheer because Jesus Christ says, I'm right here with you. Now that'll hold you up. That'll help you. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, if it, if it's you, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Peter says, I don't know if this is Christ, but if it is, you tell me to come and Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come. And Christ says to him, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to Jesus. When Peter came out of the ship, Peter wasn't looking back at the folks on the ship. For a few minutes there, Peter wasn't looking at the waves. Peter wasn't looking at the storm. Peter was looking unto Christ. And that's exactly what we ought to be doing right now. 
We ought to be looking unto Christ. Look what happens. Peter gets out, and while he's looking to Christ, Peter is able to walk on the water. I don't understand how that happened. I'm not willing to try it myself. If you see me out in water that's over six feet, you'll probably see me with a life jacket on. I mean, I'm just not a real big fan of, 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 of not a very good swimmer, and, and I don't want to try to prove that. And so, but Peter was standing on the water, walking on the water, looking unto Christ. And then it says, but when, but it says he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the boisterous wave, he was afraid. And he began to sink and he cried to the Lord. So when Peter looked back, when Peter looked around him, when Peter saw the circumstances that were around him, that were affecting his life, it says he began to sink. I don't know about you, but when I look at the circumstances around, I generally begin to sink. And then Peter just cries out to the Lord. And he says, Lord, save me. Peter's not saying, you save me eternally and take me home to glory. Peter knew he was heaven bound. But when you're in the midst of the sea and it looks like everything is pulled out from under you, you cry to the Lord and you say, Lord, would you save me? Would you help me? Would you deliver me? And the Lord answers and says, I'm there. I'm there to hold you up. I'm there to see you through. I'm going to deliver you here in this life and take you to the world to come. But he says, in order to experience some of these deliverances, they called them savings. Lord, save me. Peter was given, uh, uh, Paul was given the message. And he said, don't jump ship. Stay on board and hold on. But the Lord's going to be with you and he's going to see you through. And for every one of us, maybe we'll have some smooth selling. Maybe we'll not. But the good news is we can be of good cheer because no matter what's going on around us, God's going to hold us up and he's going to see us through. Now, I don't know about you, but that encourages me. May God bless you.